Welcome to the Ramon Foster Show. He's Ramon. I'm Dan Kovacevic here in Pittsburgh. And what's going on, Ramon? How was Christmas? It was solid, man. Nothing over the top. Good time. I got an opportunity to chill. Uh, not chilly like the people that were in Akershire Stadium, but I was chilling, ODK. What about you, man? Uh, I was chilling, and then I was illing. Mode, as you can hear, you can hear, hear for a little bit. Yeah, it's it's. Uh, wife's over here shaking her head at my rhyming ability. Next thing you know, I'm gonna have, like do a rap album or something. Right? <laughs> Tell her you grew up in the '80s. You understand Ron DMC and everybody else. Tell her, come on, man. No, I only understood the Aerosmith portion of that. That was about it. <laughs> the merge of rap and rock, man. Hey, don't start that thread. We'll have the entire comment section talking about '80s rock rap. Moan, this is um, this has been an interesting weekend for the fan base of this football yeah. team, to say the least. Uh, it was emotional uh, on all spectrums. Yeah. And what happened here, you made reference to it. The people who were freezing here, the forty thousand that just stuck it out, yeah, and would not leave until their team won the game, and then their team won the game, and I, I know. I know you have strong yeah. thoughts on this. I do, man. And you and a few to. of them just to start with, though, DK. Yeah. Um, just just this, man. Of course, you know, I do radio here in Nashville. And uh, some of the stations or some of the shows have betting experts. There's betting experts everywhere. And it was, you know, one particular person in general was like, I smell, you know, like there was like Pittsburgh's going down. I don't care. And I was thinking to myself, this guy doesn't understand Pittsburgh. That's all I can say. I actually text somebody during that segment. I was like, oh, this is foolish. I'm sorry, but we don't lose these types of games because we, DK, that culture, like they understand these moments and nothing was given. They had to go take it, right? The other thing I said was this group had a moment, DK. They had a moment, like legitimately – Backs up against the wall. Youngest ever when it comes down to offensive play. Trying to figure out what to happen. But what we saw this past weekend, the drive, the poise, the playmaking, the touchdown from picket to pickings, that was the moment, man. Every group has those. I could probably reel off a couple of them, and I'm sure you know more than I do when it comes to transitioning. What I'm saying, I don't think this necessarily means everything is about to be just peaches and herbs moving forward. Because there's still some growth to be had. But to say that you had a rookie quarterback connect with a rookie wide receiver the way they did in a game like that, on a night like that, in a weather like that, that to me says that P word that coaches look for, potential. That's what we saw this past weekend. Even if it was ugly, we saw that. I'll I'll take it further. Because on that drive, you also had enormous contributions from Pat Fryermuth, second-year guy. You had the big catch and run by Najee Harris. You had an offensive line that Kevin Dotson told me, he said, we had no choice but to take this team down the field. That was his view from the offensive line. We had no choice but to take this team down the field. I'm going to read you this. It's from Mike Tomlin at his Tuesday press conference. He said, you're going to like this one a lot, Bo. Give it to me, DK. Come on, man. When you're in those weighty moments and you're looking around at people, you like to feel their presence. In a lot of instances, I did. I didn't see big eyes. I saw sure eyes. 
I saw guys who understood what was at stake and guys who looked prepared to go do it. Now, you got to go do it. Yeah. I like the feel of the group leading up to it. DK. That's your head coach. That reminds me of the stuff that he used to do with us. Like when you know, you you see it. Like he he didn't used to say anything to us in these moments. And that's what makes this guy a great coach, despite what the masses think. Like the coaching aspect, the motivating aspect of it, DK, when everything, you know, kind of fizzles out in the end, you'll say he has that it factor. And, yes, it misses every once in a while and it needs a tune-up, but he walk up and down that sideline with us on those types of drives. Ben be on the far right side of all of us, and you have mm-hmm. Marcus next to me. You have me. You have Al or Pounce, and then you have Dave. And he walked to he leave Ben alone. He walked to us and just dap, look us dead in our eyes. Wouldn't say anything. Just fist pound, fist bump, fist bump, fist bump, and just go about your way. That's when you know you got something that can't be coached. That's when you know you got something. Like I said, for that moment that Kenny them had this weekend, and it's crazy. I'm saying Kenny them. Right. Because now, like to me, that kind of pushes him to a different threshold of like it being him and them together, starting with the quarterback. But they had that moment, DK. And for all of Steeler Nation at night, whether you had tickets and sold them, whether you were watching it at home, whether you was watching it on your phone, everybody to a person that's part of black and gold did what after that touchdown you celebrated. You jumped up and down like, man, not on Franco's night. And I think that's significant in the growth of a team because everybody wants validation in the game, right? As a writer, DK, as a journalist, you want validation of getting your first like article or you starting your own company, right? You want what you want is you want scripts that play out like this because the validation exactly. comes from what you, know, you mentioned as a writer or whatever it is, from whatever perspective it is. We have a belief yeah. in Pittsburgh, in this football franchise, and in the connection between the football franchise and the city. And yeah. when something like this occurs, when Arthur Mallette tells me that <laughs> all through the game, he was making these little heart-shaped <laughs> gestures yeah. to the crowd, yeah. okay, because he was letting them know how much he loved them for being out there and sticking yes, it through. Sir. We're talking about something different. You know, we're, we're talking about something that with all due respect to your your comrades in Nashville and and other places. <laughs> I, I know that ain't this. OK, it's different. This is, this is different. This is different. And for the team to go out there, but also from the from the players, like you said, for the young players, you said, and, and I really like this, that they had their moment. That's that's something that, that that again Kevin Dotson brought up with me where he said we had that we we did it we we knew we needed to do it and then we went and did it and I feel like this is going to be something that launches us to something else now like you said and like the coach said that doesn't mean it's linear it doesn't mean all of a sudden they just right. become okay but it's a big big step I, I could take it a step further, like those those moments in which we had. Uh, you remember the Super Bowl run that we went on in, in, in the fall of fall and winter of ten. You remember mm-hmm. watching those games, the Baltimore playoff games specifically, where all of us walked past that live ball. You remember that, and yeah. we we nobody picked it up. Baltimore ran it in for a touchdown, and it was in like one of those moments for us that really solidified. Okay, we got a real shot at this thing because on one of those on that winning drive. And the defense, the way they played, and special teams, like, we found a way. To me, that was our moment. A-B catch on the helmet. 
that was one of those moments. I'm sure we, we can talk about this in the next section of, of when you saw other phases of this team have those like moments, though, DK. So much more to come in our next segment. So much, Bowen. There's so much. I- you almost don't even know where to start. At the same time, you don't want to overstate it. They're seven and eight. They're probably not going to make the playoffs, and and yet there is there is goodness. You wanted to see progress. You wanted yeah. to see them feeling better about themselves. Yes, and and there was a lot that kind of went into that. By the way, the guys up front did their thing as far as performance wise too. And and to me, DK, when I speak about this moment. I'm more proud of it for them, no matter how it shapes up moving forward next year. I almost look at it and say Mason Cole's situation kind of solidifies him a little bit. I think James Daniel does. I think Chooks does, too. Whatever this left side kind of turns into, you know I flirted with the idea they can go get a tackle uh, depending on on what how they feel about it moving forward. Also, offensive coordinator-wise, like, but just in general, to kind of see this group kind of piece together. No sacks in a game where it was a night game and there was so much pressure surrounding it, and they delivered, right? Even and in the Ma- run Max game. Max Crosby, too, yeah. Yeah, exactly. And it wasn't nothing crazy as far as the run game goes. It was just consistent enough. You feel me? Like, there was mm-hmm. a lot. Yeah, Max Crosby being on the other side of this thing. There was a, 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 a lot of just check marks, I feel like, that was filled out this past weekend. But of watching that the, the passing game, though, between Pat, between Deontay, between George. I think moving forward with the way George, and he broke it down in the postgame. I, I saw your video of you asking him just like, it was too high, split down the middle. And that understanding and maturity of NFL defenses, him and Kenny being on the same page, again, can't overstate the moment itself because it was huge. That was the game-winning touchdown, right? But it's also, mm-hmm. listen to what they're saying and how they're reacting. The reactions on the sidelines, the celebration from one another, too, and the way the defense came together. Also, don't ever snub Cam Hayward on a Pro Bowl again because he went ballistic. <laughs> All of that together, though, DK, man, was that that's a real good weekend. That was a Merry Christmas from your Pittsburgh Steelers. Yeah, I, I mean, it, it reminds you so much of what of what the you know, the, the good is and what and what what the connection is, as I mentioned in the opening segment with the community. Uh, after the Mike Tomlin press conference uh, over at Akershire Stadium was the viewing uh, for Mr. Harris, at, at, you know, at which there were countless Steelers fans showing up to pay their respects to the team itself uh, over there. And, you know, Moan, I know you got to see the ceremony from afar. Yeah. Uh, brief, but oh my goodness. I mean, you want to talk Outpouring. about powerful. Yeah. What a scene, yeah. huh? It it was man, and it was the right thing to do. Of course, the Rooney family always do this. Do does that right. I remember when uh when Chuck Noel passed away. I I didn't make the service on that because I was such a young guy and that didn't understand what it was. But when Mr. Rooney passed away, how they were just efficient and just respectful in every aspect of that. Also, and for Franco's situation, the amount of guys that came back, I thought one of the coolest things was seeing Frenchie. You know what I'm saying? Just be him. Like, I've never actually met Frenchie Fuqua, but the way I saw him react this weekend said Frenchie Fuqua to me. If you've never been in a facility upstairs where the meetings rooms are, there's one unique picture on the wall of running backs. It's got Franco. It's got everybody up there. Mm -hmm. Buses up there. But there's one guy up there, Frenchie Fuqua. I think it's a white 
jacket that he's got on and just just cool as Frenchie Fuqua would ever be because that was him. And, and the Steelers organization always allowed players to be themselves, which is one of the main perks of being in that organization too. And you look back and you see Frenchie just donned in a, I think it's a white jacket. And he's just super fly in his picture and everybody else is in their uniform. Super it's cool. so funny to me whenever you hear older fans now will complain about Juju this and Flair this much, these guys, they weren't like this in the 70s. The hell they weren't. Anyone who has an accurate memory, those those Steelers from the 70s were the flashiest, most flamboyant, uh, in-your-face group of individuals. Elsie Greenwood had goldfish in his in the heels of his <laughs> shoes yes but, yeah you know er, you know why they called you know why they called ernie holmes ernie arrowhead holmes do you know why what no why because he had an arrow in his head he had an arrow <laughs> shaved into his head yeah but no but every it's funny how everybody has just conveniently forgotten you know yeah you know he was at, he was shooting at a helicopter or something in Latrobe <laughs> from St. Vincent College yeah okay? like this is stuff that like if if this happened today in the social media era people would be like whoa stealers yeah. or whatever but now we what, have what? this image you know i mean even the, like the swan and stallworth when yeah they, when Lynn swan and john stallworth when they would Get it? One or the other would have a touchdown. They had a coordinated celebration yep, in the end zone. Yeah. They were among the first to ever have that. We yeah. have forgotten this conveniently. Yeah, yeah. Or, or just in general, the boneheadedness of anybody too. But I'll say this though, DK. Huh. Th- th- this is how and why that's able to sustain in Pittsburgh. Or honestly, that's why it's truthfully just a part of the culture. One, because you win and you kind of produce, too. That's a portion of it. Like, these guys dating celebrities. I remember hearing Mel Blunt and Stallworth, like, like I've read some of the, like, they've dated, like, big-time celebrities and stuff. I'm like, yo, this is all a part of everything we've always seen. They they win. They won. Terry Bradshaw was was in a very famous uh, marriage with, uh, was her name Jojo Starbuck? Yeah, or... Yeah. Or the fact that I learned here in Nashville, Terry Bradshaw has a country music album. Oh, yeah. <laughs> While playing. Okay. Even, even then, like when they say oh, Chuck Noll would have never tolerated that level of uh, undiscipline. Okay, <laughs> go find the footage from the Cleveland game where one of the Browns knocks down Roy Jarella, the kicker. Yeah. And Lambert, Lambert comes up from behind and just like – pile drives him like WWE style into the ground yeah. takes the penalty you know why no one cared why they were winning they, they were champions win. it was all awesome everything they did was pristine and golden yeah you know, uh, or we, totally, now it's oh, there's not no discipline players coach exactly, <laughs> exactly. Or, and let's circle back to where it started from like we're seeing Frenchie Fuqua enjoy himself in celebration of his friend his teammate right and this is the other portion of it though too you look at all the historical stuff that happened around Franco and everybody talk about a social media following Franco's army Franco's Italian army that's social mm-hmm. media before we got to that point like before who, it even existed yeah who had a group a group <laughs> chat in the 1970s. 
right? Exactly. Exactly. It, so it was good seeing a bunch of that and, and, and memories of him, uh, remembrance of, of Franco, man, just all of that, man. And and the to best, cap it the off. Best fan, the best fan, I have to interject. Go ahead. Best, go ahead. The, the best fan group of all time, though. I just mentioned Roy Jarella. Yeah. Jarella, Jarella's gorillas. For who real? Would actually show up at Three River Stadium wearing gorilla masks. <laughs> you can't top Jarella's gorillas. Go ahead. No, 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 you cannot, man. But th- that goes to the history of this this team for sure, right? And mm-hmm. uh to to and I think this is why always the running back is important. I, I think uh mean Joe Green, as he like to be called these days, uh Joe Green. Uh, appreciated his teammate Franco uh, by even even sta- saying it. We didn't become a, a a Super Bowl team until Franco got in town. You know what I'm saying? And I think that's why that city always relies on the running game being a thing. That's why it's always who's the running back conversation and the expectation of that position. That's why it was always kind of cool to see Franco come back and talk to Le'Veon, Mawelde Moore, Rashad Mendenhall, James Conner. You, you see what I'm saying? Willie Parker. Like, I saw these conversations happen, and that's why it's so important. And he does it now with Najee Harris and yeah, Jalen Ward and everybody else. He did, He was doing it this year, too. So, um, yeah, when we come back, the only segment that matters. That's how you know. Welcome back to the Ramon Foster Show and the only segment that matters, which is brought to you by the Get-Go Cafe and Market, where quality is at the core of every menu item. Three expert chefs fine-tune every detail so that every sub, burger, salad, wrap, drink, and app is crafted for craveability. Order your favorite entry at the Get-Go Cafe and Market today. Better believe it. Moan, before we get to today's Hey Moan, and it's a good one. Yeah. I... I just have to bring up this chopper thing again because it, when we're getting to the we're getting to the break here, and I think you're 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 doubting me. I think you're like, wait a second, no. somebody somebody did what? They shot at a chopper, and they, and they they did. I mean, you guys have always been defensive about helicopters over Latrobe, though. We have, we have. We're always looking up to see. Okay, who knows what? And it's supposed to be integrity in the game, of course. Uh, that's the reason that's, that's uh, apparently that's why camp is open and free, because if it's open and free, you're not allowed to record and, and like use it as film and tape and stuff from what I was told. If you paid, I guess that means you're commissioned to be able to do what you want to in those practices. But you're right, though. Guys are always looking, especially on the south side, too. I always, no matter what, Patriots Week, there was always oh, yeah. this one, one particular car waiting right there by the FBI building. I know exactly what you're you, talking about. Yeah, you that, know. That, actually, I, I, I've, I've forever jokingly referred to that building as, as, as Raven's headquarters. <laughs> but, but, like, you're picturing this chopper with, like, this giant head of Bill Belichick on the front. And it's actually, it's actually Belichick himself flying the chopper. Yeah. Even yeah. though they don't play you this year, it's an opportunity to cheat, you know? Can I, can I say this, too, about that? And some of those years, guys did get a little paranoid and be like, Coach, it's Patriots Week, man. We got to go inside. Like, that was a conversation. Whether he took us serious or not, we, we did move in like <laughs> I don't doubt that. <laughs> those big blinds up on yeah, the yeah, south side now, yeah. it's part of it. I have that was no part, doubt about that. Part, yeah. Because you just, in that Those era, of course, I'm not yeah, that conversation this, was always out, weird. I found out how much those things cost. 
those oh lines that you're talking about. Don't I'm tell not going to share it publicly, but it was a lot. It was for, a lot. For the integrity of the game, DK. You just yeah, never know what's going are, on in those buildings. Those are real live giant 40-foot steel girders. Those don't come cheap. With cement you know? foundations that's as round yes. as, yeah. It's, they go deep in it, the ground. It's as Harbaugh slash Belichick proof as you can get. Uh, let's go to our... <laughs> Look at us. Look at us, man. Talking about conspiracies and the Patriots and and, and Ravens. All right. I'm for that conversation. This is this is fun. It is. is, It's that time of the year. Because we got flex this week too for a Sunday night football game. Boy, I want to beat the rat birds. That's we'll save that though. Nolan Seifert has today's entry, and Nolan says, Hey Moan, I know you kind of touched on this a bit, but in a game. Like the one this past weekend where there's such a strong emotional connection. Did the Mm -hmm. players feel, the players, as though somehow the game would find a way to work out perfectly and you'd find a way to win it no matter what? Ooh, good one. That's that's on par with what you're speaking of. of Yeah, but I I see what he's saying. Like, on one hand, you want to say there's some kind of fate or something involved, but on the other hand, like Mike Tomlin said, you still have to make it happen. To take it from him, there's nothing mythical about it. <laughs> okay, like the the I don't I don't think because nobody had over 100 yards. There was no ball bounce. Cam Sutton had a heck of a interception. Ooh. Though the read on that was good. How about uh, Willie Mazing at the end? I know? know that was that was good. But as Coach T tell us all the time, there's nothing mythical about what happens inside the stadium other than your play and effort. I do believe the understanding of the effort opportunities kind of presenting themselves. And I joked a second ago at the end of uh, the last segment by saying having the ticked off Cam Hayward contributed to it also. Oh my. I knew when it happened. I said, Cam going to be ticked. I knew it. I, I, I could spot it. And to see who he was outbid by too, as far as the pro bowl, I was like, mm-hmm. I know he's going to be ticked because we've talked about that one particular guy in uh, uh, in this past summer when it came down to Cam's top five slotting. I knew he was going to have a game like that. Uh, but it's this, though. A lot of the time in those transitions, whether it be groups or whether it's teams, you have to have a level of understanding what it takes. And I think that's what happened this past weekend when it comes down to, hey, there's something in front of you guys in recognition of a Franco. You know, whether he was here to see the game or, you know, in his afterlife, there was, a, there was a pressure that's applied to it. Me personally, I look at this and I kind of say, there's a group of guys on that team now that, <laughs> that understand what type of strains it take to actually play and win. You know what I'm saying? Like that offensive line group, they had to strain. They had to figure out what it takes to play and win. Uh, I think Kenny Pickett was a part of that group that, hey, it ain't just walking out there because I'm a first rounder. You got to actually apply yourself. It actually has to be some emotional attachment to the game to actually go out there and play it as hard as you do. I think watching George Pickens play this past weekend and Pat Fry move, like if I was in that locker room, like moving forward for these next couple of weeks, I would tell guys this, like whatever you did that game to tap in to be a pro, like that's the baseline moving forward. You know, Mm. It's, it's to start, like, to win a starting position, it's one thing in camp. And then you get to the season, you realize, man, I better get it together. And then you have that one game where you're like, oh, this is how I play. There is, like, learning curves and all of this stuff. I think that group kind of understood 
what the strain is. Like, it ain't just getting in the batter's box and swinging, right, DK? It's no, understanding you. what the pitcher's sending to you. It's understanding, yeah. like, what pitches you're good mm-hmm. at. Like, and I correlate that to that because baseball is such a failure sport, right? And you understand yeah. that a whole lot. Yeah, it, so it sure with, like, is. Football, like, I look at this team, and I don't think because the transition happened so quick that they understood what it actually takes to get to those points of how you win games. You know, I've always correlated when we went 0-8, basically. 0-4 in the uh, regular, I mean, in the preseason in 2012, and then we went 0-4 to start the season off. And I think a lot of people thought that just because we two years removed from the Super Bowl, oh, we just go out there and play because we're on the coattails of Hines and Ben and blah, blah, blah. No. It actually takes something to play and win and compete. Yeah, I, I like the way you, you worded it there. I actually pictured a video game in my head when you were talking about establishing a new floor. You picture when you have one of those like video game characters and then you yeah. jump up to the next level, but yeah. then you stay on that level. And that, yeah. level become, that level becomes your new floor. If you're the Steelers and you're going into Baltimore and you're either the head coach or the coordinators or the positional coaches especially – what you've got to be exhorting your players to do here is, hey, that thing that you did in the second half yeah. against the Raiders, that's got to be your new norm. If you did it that one time right then and there because you felt that confident or you felt that good, there's no reason for you not to do it today three times, four times. Yeah. Right? Yes. And 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 it's so it's super unique to me to, to think it's mythical because it's not like even it's so I commend you for for asking like George Pickens that question because for him to mentally the physicality aspects of his play you say man this dude's one of the best athletes on the team would you not DK oh but to, boy to have him elaborate to you he said nothing physical about that play. It was all mental. And that right there is a separator of wins and losses, good and great, starter and non-starter. That's it. George made George made the read. George ran the right route. George bounced off the guy to the right, came back inside, and he was open. Say what you want. Kenny threw a perfect ball. He did. Uh, <laughs> he did, he, though. He, he crushed that seam. Uh, that was one of those, I can tell you from the press box, Moan, the moment it comes out of his hand. Did. <laughs> did you? Okay. The I, moment it comes out of his hand, uh, it's a touchdown. Yep. Okay. Bar- barring George dropping it, which you know isn't going to happen. The moment it comes out of his hand. I'm going to throw in another baseball since you've brought up a couple yourself today and since, you're, since, since your lad is pitching these days. Yeah. <laughs> they teach pitchers to pitch with conviction to put conviction yeah. behind a pitch. Like what the hell does that mean? Right. Think about that. I, like, what are you, what are you talking about? Mm-hmm. Do you believe in the pitch or do you not believe in the pitch? Do you believe mm-hmm. that when you release this ball, that it's going to have a positive outcome by the time it gets to where it needs to go. Mm-hmm. It's such an enormous part of pitching. Quarterbacking is no different. It's got a higher yeah. rate of success. Yeah. Okay? But yeah. When you release that ball, Kenny has to believe in his heart of hearts that that thing is right on the money, that it is six as far as he's concerned. DK, when I saw it release, I was thinking to myself, I'm going to say, I said, damn, as far as like how fast it came out, though, too. It was, wasn't that a missile? But why? Because Because they they might not have shown on TV, but off to Kenny's left, Najee was just out there for a swing outlet. I mean, he was just out there just waiting. He was the safety valve. 
Okay. Yeah. And all we've seen from this offense for two years now is the safety valve getting hit. Okay. So the dump ball. My, I'm not gonna lie. My eyes locked in on Najee. Did they initially? Yeah, because I thought, well, there's Ooh. no way it's not going there. Okay. <laughs> but then when you see the way he threw it, like you said, and it was it was a bullet. I'm tired of hearing about his arm, by the way, and his little <laughs> hands and all that crap. It proved you know, right then, you know? You know, 12 um, degrees below zero and everything else here. All the stuff that wasn't supposed to be possible, you know? The, that So if we're going to talk about something mythical is the fact that people didn't believe he could sling it like that. That's the only oh mythical my. thing about that play. Yeah, let's – uh, yeah, that was – it was quite the weekend. Let's do this again tomorrow, Moan. Yeah, by the way, this is a whole lot of extra in this too, man, you know? So for the people that said we went too short, yeah, hey – yeah, every once in a while. <laughs> left Christmas leftovers. Yeah, yeah, Christmas leftovers. <laughs>